What is good, IBT family? We have reached both week 16 of the fantasy football season and Christmas week. We make our bold predictions, answer your questions, and talk a little dynasty stashes today on the program. Grab some eggnog, kick back, and let's ride. It's the IBT podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away, with the jet sweep, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves, like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law, with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right. It is December 19th, 2023, and Santa Claus, he's coming to town, baby, as well as week 16 of the NFL season. We'll certainly chat all about that tonight. I am Seth Wilcock, and we have a full house for you. I am joined by an award-nominated analyst, a guy who storms the field at Husky Games and has studied bees in the great country of Sweden. He is Scott Reinier. Scott, how are we feeling? Uh, Fantasy Semis coming at you here in week number 16. I'm excited for the teams I have that are still alive. Um, I, there's a piece of me that's excited for the season to be over. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's this is a really fun time of year. It's it's holiday season. I'm Personally, I'm off work until next week. Uh, Let's go, baby. Focus on the holidays. Focus on these semifinals, you know. And then just in, you know, Real NFL football terms, lots of playoff chases taking form and the race for the NFC number one seed that Seahawks had a thrilling victory last night. It was yes, really sir. fun yes, to watch. Sir. I watched the last play with some strangers in a restaurant bar and you know how sports go. We were strangers, <laughs> but we were high-fiving and hugging. But it did help the 49ers in their bid for that number one seed. So not all, not all good. But no, things are good, man. Well, I'm glad to have you here, man. Uh, glad you can uh, put a little of that PTO in and enjoy some some football, some family over the next couple of days. And guys, we're also joined by a guy who actually puts the holly in the jolly. Uh, he has double A batteries for the entire block on Christmas morning. That's just the type of dad he is. He's the founder of Pros with Joe's, the founder of Green Screens Media, Eric Romoff. Also, now the champion of the IBT office league. Congratulations, Eric. Here are your flowers, my friend. Hey, honestly, probably the best flowers I will get all season. I was, <laughs> I was sweating that out, that one out, wanting to, wanting to take it down. Glad that we can, uh, we can get our first championship of 2023 on the books. Got a few more that I'm chasing away. I don't know what you're trying to do to me, making me out to be like the energizer bunny, just doling out <laughs> batteries left and right. But We'll uh, we'll leave that for another day. The important thing here, Santa Claus is coming to town. I got my Christmas wish, which is streaming right here with Scott Rainier tonight. 
just the dogs tonight. I can't wait for this one. The dogs in the house for sure. And we are packed like Jeff Bezos pockets this time of year, folks. We got headline hijinks. We're going to give you our week 16 bold predictions. And then we're going to do some from the forum. Take your guys' questions from the chat. If you have anything we can help you with, head into your fantasy football semifinals. And we'll also take some questions from over there at the FF Advice Network as well. And then we're going to round it out with some in the scope. We're going to talk dynasty stashes today. Uh, not too many waiver wire targets. And if, if there are waiver wire targets, there's not really the after waiver guys that, that we want to snag. Um, so we're going to talk dynasty this, this week instead, a little bit shift gears. Um, and we're also joined by the fan favorite of the show, audio producer, Kyle Scott in the back end. Kyle, how are we doing despite the, uh, early exit in one of our favorite leagues over the weekend, my friend? We are trying to keep our spirits high despite, uh, your one and only girlfriend, Katie, doling out the loss. Yes. Uh, in a league of only upsets in the playoffs. So I'm not the only one, him, but Katie. I'm probably the most upset about it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I am pissed. Yeah, I, I sent a nice little message earlier in, in that league. Wow, all first round up, upsets. Congrats, guys. This is a great league. Very competitive. Very fun. I never heard back from you, Kyle. So obviously a little salty, uh, a little bit of salt in the wounds for you still. That's all right, though. It's all right. Um, guys, we also have the IBT family join us live today as well. We got Albert in the chat. Good evening, Albert. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And we got Rachel Tootsie Pop in the chat. Hey, fam. Hey, Rachel. Thanks so much for checking us out here on Tuesday. And we got Kenny Stay Trill. Kenny, we're going to get your questions here in just a little bit. We got some headlines to get into first, and then we'll take your questions right around the half hour mark of the show. So hang out with us until then. Uh, Dylan, I'm seeing uh, you're in the chat with us as well. He's saying, what's up, people? Made second round in both my leagues. Got a bunch of questions if y'all got the time. No worries. If not, I enjoy the show. Dylan, right around that 30-minute uh, hour or uh, mark on the show, we're going to get to your questions here and from the forum. So go ahead and put those in the comments for us, and we'll get to those uh, when we do. And I just want to shout out the IBT family. We're having some really strong numbers here on the YouTube, over on the website right now. And it couldn't be done without the full cast of characters we have on staff and everyone in the audience here. Your guys is uh, our success is your guys success as well. We're continuing to work up towards uh, about the 1000 subscriber mark. So we appreciate all the support. And Eric, uh, we're already kind of working on some uh, cool content plans for next year to, to bring more content uh, just to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The uh, the the NFL or I guess the fantasy season is going to come to a close first, followed shortly thereafter by the NFL season. But the IBT season keeps rolling on strong, right? Plenty of fun stuff planned for, for the new year. So make sure that you are subscribed here on YouTube. Make sure you're checking out all the great content that we're pushing on the website. Hell yeah. Some fun segments uh, we're going to unroll here in 2024. So make sure you guys are subscribed to check that out. And we got NASCAR season coming back, PGA season as well, to give you that little fix until next football season. But let's go ahead, guys. Let's kick the show off a little bit of headline hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> all right headline hijinks today we're going to do christmas headlines written today these are our bold predictions for week number 16 what people are going to be chatting about potentially here just a week from now so scott i want to start with you my friend 
what is one of your headlines, uh, one of your bold predictions for week number 16? Holy hell, how did we make it here already? Okay, my, my first headline hijinks is, Merry Christmas! The Ritter was full! Um, <laughs> instead of the shitter. Uh, from the <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So I didn't really type anything in the show sheet what this meant. It's it's a very loose connection. I just Ritter was I wanted to use the the shitter was full line and Ritter was the only thing that made sense. So, but I do want to the the way I will the way I will form it is um, Ritter is full. He is not going to be super involved in the week sixteen games for the Falcons, but a gentleman who is going to be super involved, who people very 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 abruptly jumped back off of bandwagon is Bijan Robinson. Yep. So rightly so that you know. He was, he was, I, you know, I, I have him rostered in a lot of places, made a big, huge all in win now trade in a dynasty league. I don't have any picks in 2024. I just went all in for it. And I lost in the first round. Oh, um, heartbreaker. Just, just one of those fluky things. I missed out on the buy by like a couple of points in week, in week 14. And then I had Hertz, didn't know if he was going to play. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. But with Bijan Robinson, yes, he had a very, very terrible game. Uh, in week 15, probably cost some people their games. If you're still in it, um, yep. you know, earlier in the season, uh, the the norm had been established by Arthur Smith, and the norm was very frustrating with B. John Robinson, and that's very true. However, it has not been that way the last month until week 15. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bijan, if you look at, I think it's week, what is it? Weeks 11 through 14, you know, so let's just throw out week 15 for a second. Weeks 11 through 14, 18.9 PPR points a game, the RB5. Um, 60% op share, his snap share was up in the mid 70%. Um, he was he was the Bijan. We all wanted Bijan. We all wanted him to be. Um, you know, there was a sour taste in everyone's mouth after that weird game where he was sick. They didn't say he was sick, and then he scored barely any points. But he's been thriving lately. So, yes, this past week was terrible. But it's not like it was earlier in the season. This last week being terrible to me is more of an outlier with the way things have gone with him lately. Plus, they just embarrassingly lost to the Panthers, um, scoring only seven points. You know, Tyler Algier, 3.2 yards per carry wasn't that much better. So, I mean, Bijan did fumble. I don't know if he was being punished for that. But, I mean, at some point, Arthur Smith's got to be coaching for his job. And... If we hadn't seen it for the last month, I'd be way more skeptical, like we all were earlier in the season. But we have, so I'm. I'm. Plus, if you've got him, where you got him, you don't really have any other any other options, and you're lucky to still be in it if you have him. Yeah, I think most of the teams that have Bijan, they're still in it. They got that first round by potentially, so uh, they, they, they snuck by. We got Didi in the chat. What's up, Didi? So good to see Didi. you tonight. Saying she loves the mustache, man. I. I've been getting compliments left and right tonight, so I, I appreciate that, Didi. Thank you for, for the love on the stash. We're, we're bringing it back. Uh, Flavor Town's back in action here in 2023. Um, I'm with you, Scott, though. Bijan Robinson, look, the, the, the faith was tested once again with this kid, and none of my teams that still have Bijan are in it, but if I had him, I'm rolling him right back out here. Eric, this was kind of a game I said on Friday, like I wanted no parts of in, in Carolina. There's a, a low-scoring divisional matchup, terrible weather, no fans in the stadium, looked like a COVID game. Um, but I, I think we do see some potential bounce back from Bijan Robinson. 
Like if Arthur Smith wants to keep his job, I, I think he has to play this kid. And I think that's the bottom line here. So any digression from, from, from you, Eric, uh, uh, about potentially rolling Bijan back out there the next couple of weeks? No, I mean, look, at, at a at a certain point, you have to assume that um, self-preservation will set in, right? And I mean, like m- most NFL coaches and GMs operate from a position of scarcity and trying to save their own standing in position within the organization. Their asses, so save their asses. One, one of the best ways to do that is to get your best players more involved in the game, right? So like logically, it would certainly seem like he should do this more um, you know, if that opportunity comes, obviously Bijan is the is the type of athlete that can put up plenty of fantasy points. So, yeah, definitely right here with with Scott. I, I like Bijan down the stretch. Yeah, Colts this week that that is a plus matchup for running backs, despite Najee Harris so. giving you nothing here. So and, is the Panthers have been one of the best matchups for running backs too. So yeah, you're right. Divisional games can be weird, bad weather, um, but fuck yeah. Arthur, Arthur Smith. You've heard it all before. Um, I, I'm with you there. The Ritter is full. The shitter is full. I'll go to my headline next and mine. I'm going to do a little play here on a, on a, a very popular artist right now. Tis the damn season. Travis Kelsey delivers 22 plus fancy points on Christmas. And look, man, like quietly, Travis Kelsey, pretty disappointing somewhat this season, especially down the stretch. No games over 16 PPR points since week number seven. Only five TDs on the season with three weeks left to go. However, I think he's going to turn things around this week because uh, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Um, so listen, the Raiders are not the best matchup for tight ends this season. However, you look at what they've done against top 12 tight ends, the Sam Laporters of the world, the Dalton Kincaid's of the world. Uh, and Travis Kelsey a couple weeks ago, they're allowing an average of 7.5 targets per game. We saw Tyler Conklin a couple weeks ago go seven for 70. Gerald Everett had 9.1 PPR points. And Travis Kelsey in his career against the Raiders has had over 90 receiving yards in eight of, of his 14 last games. So it's more than half. And then he had the four TD game against them last season. I'm smelling a little blood in the water here. I'm stamping it down. This is the, the time. Welcome back, Travis Kelsey. If you're still in it with him, he's going to take you to the promised land. Let's go, fellas. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I mean, the thing with Kelsey this year, he still is technically the tight end one if you look at points per game. Um, The tight end one for total points is TJ Hawkinson by like a couple of points. Yep. But, I mean, Hawkinson and Laporta are nipping at his heels, and we haven't seen that in recent years. We haven't seen anyone anywhere close to Travis Kelsey's heels. Mark Andrews, Um, what, two years ago, Scott? True. That's true. Oh, he was the tight end one, but typically, you know, throughout the last handful of years, Kelsey provides that, that advantage at the tight end position of outscoring the the tight end two by a significant amount. We haven't seen that this year. Um, you know, part, partly due, I think just to a general lack of offensive playmakers across the board in Kansas city. Um, I mean, Rasheed Rice is coming on having a great second half, but stud. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been, he's been good as he gets more work. Um, you know, but I think the thoughts of like, oh, well, Kelsey, Kelsey's their wide receiver one, and now there's no one else, so he'll just he'll eat this year. I think we're a little unrealistic. That's, that's not really how it works. Um, you you need somebody else on the field besides your, even if it's a stud, besides your tight end, um, you know, to to be effective. So, but I can see it. I mean, I would never, I would never place a bet against Travis Kelsey. 
Um, you know what I mean? In any given week, it has been disappointing. He is one player I have absolutely, I have zero shares of, uh, for whatever reason. Like redraft dynasty, mm-hmm. I have no Travis Kelsey. Never, I really haven't ever had him. It's bizarre. Th- this is the first year I've, I've had him a lot. And well, it, I've know, never, you know, once he moved into round one, I was never in the right spot in round one to take him. Um, and back when he was still kind of round two, I was still kind of in that, no, I'm not taking the tight end in round two. That's ludicrous. So I've just, I just don't have them. I, I wait. I wait and uh, take tight ends late, like Sam Laporta and Trey McBride. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and, and can we works this year and no other year? Can we just stop throwing the ball to fucking Kadarius Tony? We, we've said it week after week. This guy is losing this team <laughs> games. Another interception comes out of his hand. Eric, I'll turn it over to you. Any digression? Are you? Do you have any concern for Travis Kelsey this week or moving forward? And uh, then we can throw it over to your first headline of the night as well. No, I, I don't have any concerns for for Kelsey moving forward. Right, even that year where he was he was number two to uh, to Andrews, it was really more of like a one and one a right. Like they were a tier onto themselves. Um, we talked about it a bit about it on the Friday show. I think starting last week was the point where we really saw you know, the the target distribution start to consolidate in Kansas mm-hmm. City. Obviously, a lot of that went the direction of Rishi Rice in, in this past game. I think we're going to see that continue, but with Travis Kelsey getting a little bit more into that, you know, Travis Kelsey role of old, right? So, um, you know, any given week, he's got the best statistical chance to finish as tight end one. And I think 22 points is definitely within his range on, on Christmas. Eric's feeling 22, baby, in the home of the... Chiefs. All right, Eric, go ahead, man. What do you got for us? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, stick my neck out here a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with Jerome Ford. Ford running through Houston. Um, for me, I I like Ooh. him to get op- up Ooh. over 100 total yards in this Week 16 matchup. Um, look, the the Texans' defense on the season has actually been pretty stout against the run, but here over these last few weeks, this is a defense that has been missing several key pieces. I think they're going to be without a couple guys again this week. But more specifically, on the year, they're giving up a ton of receiving yards to running backs. And surprisingly enough, that's been a pretty considerable role for for Jerome Ford on the season, right? He's getting three, four, five targets week in and week out. I think with the overall issues the the, the Texans defense are going to be facing with uh, with lack of with lack of availability around some of their stars. I think we're going to see Joe Flacco kind of have kind of have a day, kind of have this offense get in motion that's going to create additional scoring opportunities and uh, potentially a, a, a game script where uh, where Cleveland is in the lead and in turn feeding some more carries to Jerome Ford. Right, like I, I talked a bit about the uh, his his work as a pass catcher, but this this environment that Cleveland's putting out there, right, number one in terms of team running games or team running plays per game, right? Like they love working the ball down the ground. Yes, he's he's sharing some workload with Kareem Hunt and to a lesser extent Pierre Strong, but he's still getting a ton of opportunity. There's plenty of carries to go around. So here in week 16 against what I project to be a depleted Texans defense. I like Jerome Ford to get up past the century mark. Scott, how do you feel about it? Because I'm a little nervous. I'm I'm gonna be honest about Jerome Ford. He he's I don't know. This offense is moving through Flacco and Njoku a little bit more than I, I guess we, we saw at the beginning of the season. The rush attempts have certainly gone down for Ford over the back half of the season. But like Eric says, 
it's going to be a good matchup against Houston. They haven't been necessarily a favorable matchup to running backs, but probably no Will Anderson here again on Sunday. I know they have a lot of banged up bodies in that Texans defense as well. Um, I mean, you know, he's not a running back that I'm just confidently, you know, putting in there and not thinking about it. But I do like Jerome Ford. I've liked him all year. Um, and he is he he's the pass catcher. I mean, he's had five targets a game over the last five target share above 10 percent. You know, his route percentage, yeah, which is yeah. a, it's a crucial thing to look at with running backs is how, how many routes like how how involved in the passing tree are they for a team? Mm-hmm. It's been a little all over the map, but he had, he hit a 70 percent a few weeks ago. He's been above 40 percent, which are good numbers for a running back. So um, I like okay. it. And it, I, I think it is a good matchup. I think you're right. I mean, as long as the Texans don't sack Joe Flat, they, they sacked the Titans seven times last week, which is kind of bizarre. I mean, the only reason they won without Stroud was because of their defense. But the point is well taken. Their defense is somewhat depleted. You know, if you look at their season long numbers against running backs, it doesn't necessarily tell the accurate story of right now um because of some in, because of some injuries so you know i mean with with some of the options that we have out there you know i'm i'm totally fine rolling jerome ford out there you're bringing me back that's what you guys do you bring me back on someone that i might be a little bit he's out their best on. running back and it's not close he looks great he looks solid he looks really solid it, and it feels like it's been so long since with without nick chubb and it really has been you know it's, we're going week one it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's been a very long time since we've seen Chubb. It was that Monday nighter uh, there in Pittsburgh. I actually, unfortunately, got to see that injury in person. So Maybe that wasn't week one. Anyway, two, two, week two. It yeah. was week two Monday night. Sorry, but... I'm thinking of J.K. Dobbins. My bad. Yes, yes. Um, Scott, let's throw it back to you. What is another one of your week 16 and Christmas headlines that we're going to be reading a week from now? Okay. Um, so this one, sorry, I broke the rules a little bit. Um, the headline is now we have a running back. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the playoff now we have a machine gun ho 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 from the you know one of the better christmas movies out there die hard um allegedly you know <laughs> yeah that's your opinion allegedly man. a good christmas movie or i've actually i actually have never watched the full die hard i've been trying to but anyway. it's always it's on these premium streaming services can we bring it to netflix or something i pay for that's sorry I one, sorry Scott. one new year's resolution i made with myself last year is i was not going to participate in any debates about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. This You're year. almost there. You're like five days <laughs> away. Right, right at the finish line. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so no, so and the running back I'm talking about and the team I'm talking about are the Bills and James Cook. Um, one thing that the Bills have lacked, I think, in the past, again, handful of years is just a true, you know, stud number one running back. And James Cook is, is that. Um, this isn't really a sp- specific take about week 16. You're playing it. Um, you're playing him in week 16 against the, who are they playing against again? The chargers. Yeah. Just gave up 63 points to the Raiders. Um, so, I mean, you know, he's, he, he's been on absolute fire the last three weeks above 20 points a game. And he had above 30 this past week, but this is more just an opportunity for me to eat some crow because I, I did not think this would be the outcome for James cook. Um, it wasn't that I didn't like his talent. It's that he had never been a workhorse, anything close to a workhorse prior to this season. And, you know, I used that as my basis to be like, I don't think he will just all of a sudden become one in the NFL. Well, he is one now. Um, And in retrospect, looking back, this has been kind of a season of norms and tendencies and historical trends being broken, right? We got, you know, Tank Dell and Puka Nakua, wide receivers drafted in rounds that receivers don't typically have this kind of success. We got, 
uh, Devin Achan, Jameer Gibbs, you know, La- at sizes La- that don't Laporta Kincaid have, on the tight end side. We've yeah. got, we've got, you know, pick a rookie tight end that was helpful for you this year. That's typically not something that's happening in a given year. I mean, even Tucker Craft, for God's sakes, is helping fantasy teams. TK, right baby. So anyway, but I was wrong. Um, he, lo- I watched, I watched that entire game, uh, and he looked awesome. Best player um, on I mean, the he, field. It should have been higher. He dropped a touchdown, an easy touchdown, walk-in touchdown. He dropped it. Uh, should have been even higher. He should have had over forty points. So I guess my bold. I think he's gonna he's gonna be one of those players because you didn't have to draft him that high. Um, he's gonna be one of those players that's gonna be on a lot of championship rosters. First of all, why the hell is Sean McVay giving Josh Allen the ball after what James Cook just did? That that was kind of uh, out of pocket a little bit, but. Okay. Sean McDermott, sorry, sorry, my apologies there. Um, but I, I think James Cook, RB3 on a points-per-game basis since week number 10, overall RB7 on the season. I mean, he's just kind of flourishing here now that Joe Brady's taken the reins a little bit. It's hurt Dalton Kincaid, it's hurt Stephon Diggs, it's hurt Josh Allen, but the Bills are winning games, and, you know, everyone kind of knew what, what the recipe was going to be after that first drive. Hey, let's just run it the fuck down the, the Cowboys throat. 15 passes. In 15 game. passes. You don't see that much. Ridiculous. Josh even said afterwards, like it was kind of weird that he didn't have to put the team on his back and do as much, but Hey, celebrate it, man. And if you were one of the people who not only rostered and drafted James cook, but held on to him, congratulations, because I'm I'm with Scott. I think it was potential league winner uh, against the Chargers here in week number fifteen or week number sixteen. Then we'll see Patriots a little tougher at home uh, in in week seventeen, but still a great play. So when the Bills, I mean the Bills, like they're they're one of those teams. Every year we talk about the teams that like they're not going to get a bye, right? Like they're probably going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a team no one wants to play in the playoffs. Yes, like they're really their defense has gotten a lot better. Like they're a dangerous team right now. The old switcheroo on us here late in the season. Eric, I'm going to switch it back to you. Uh, what is your headline here, your second one for week number 16 and the holiday season? Yeah, my headline is Fields of Dreams. Justin finishes week 16 as QB number one. Watching Fields of Dreams is a bit of a, a bit of a deep cut. It is a it's a family tradition around around Christmas time. So this oh, is a Christmas like headline that. only onto me and like five other people, but <laughs> nonetheless, Justin Fields walks into what has largely been, you know, the nuts matchup against quarterbacks this season in in the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and you know, a, apart from last week where he faced a very tough Cleveland defense, he's been electric since returning to to the field a few weeks back. Right, he's got um, you know several several point totals up past twenty. He's got a uh, he's got a thirty three on his ledger. Um, which was a QB1 finish earlier this season. And specifically, you know, we were talking about consolidated target uh, distributions earlier with the Chiefs. I mean, it is it is DJ Moore season since since Justin Fields has returned. Yep. DJ Moore gets that beautiful matchup against Marco Wilson that I think we'll be able to take advantage of. So I think we'll see the, the Bears really come out and make a statement. I think Justin Fields in particular is really trying to grab next year's job while he has the opportunity to, I think he can do so by making a statement win. And I think he does enough through the air and on the ground to finish as QB1 this week. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are exactly the matchup you want to play Justin Fields against right now. Over the last month, they've been a top six matchup for opposing quarterbacks. So I'm with you there. I don't think there's much more to add on Justin Fields. 
I expect him to run a lot on Sunday. So Eric's uh, he would have had an even better day against that tough Cleveland team if Mooney just held on oh to that God. fucking Hail Mary. It, <laughs> like Poor if you're, in, field. you're an it, NFL like, wide receiver and it's lap. like <laughs> I mean I really lay on your back and have field. someone drop a ball into your lap and see yeah. if you can catch it. And Darnell Mooney is the only person that would punt that thing up into the stands. He had two picks that were not his fault. They were both on the Hail Mary attempts last week. Yeah. Yeah. So could have been a bigger day for Justin Fields. Hopefully y'all held on and uh, are are moving forward to week number 16. I'll round us out before we get to the good people's questions in the show with my final headline of the night. And it is how Lamar Jackson stole Christmas and tripped the championship. Listen, if you have Lamar Jackson, it's probably going to all come down to Monday night. Can he and the Ravens pull it out in San Francisco, not only for your fancy teams, but, but to keep that number one seed in the AFC as well? I think Baltimore is going to get exposed in this game. I don't think they're as good of a team as a lot of people think. I think the wide receivers are going to get shut down by Davius Ward. They just got shut down by a very poor Jacksonville defense. Fred Warner and this linebacker core is a great matchup for Isaiah Likely, who's had some boom games as of lately. And Keaton Mitchell is actually a huge fucking loss to this run game. I don't think they'll be able to move the chains as much with Gus Edwards and the ghost of Justice Hill back there. And Ronnie Stanley, left tackle, probably going to be out this week with a concussion. That can't be be the play against Nick Bosa and these boys. Like, I think San Francisco, they've found their swagger defensively. They've been a bottom 10 matchup against the quarterback position over the last month. That's really swung back their way. And more interceptions than touchdowns in that span as well. So I'm lower than Lamar Jackson, their consensus this week. I know a lot of people still want to play him, but like, if I just happen to have picked up one of these other guys who who's been balling out lately, um, if I have a Brock Purdy, I'm firing up Brock Purdy this week in the same matchup. I I prefer Purdy, and like it'd be a big nutsack play. It'd be a throw it over the sh- yeah. Eric knows where I'm going. I would highly consider playing Baker Mayfield over Lamar Jackson this week. I really think it's not a bad play. So uh, yeah, th- th- that's my thoughts. Lamar Jackson, he- he's the Grinch this year. He people aren't gonna be too happy with him, Scott. I don't, I mean, at this point, you can't like a matchup with San Francisco. So it's not an ideal matchup, but I'm not, I'm definitely not starting Baker Mayfield over him. I mean, Brock Purdy. Two-time Heisman winner. Two-time Heisman winner, Baker Mayfield. I mean, like, you can't really bet against that guy either. He's got the, he's got, he's got to have the highest yards per attempt. He always has like 23 attempts and four touchdowns and 300 yards every single game. That's crazy. As a Seahawks fan, it's super frustrating. But, Lamar Jackson also is one game removed from almost 33 points, fantasy points in week 14. So, you know, all the points you brought up are valid. They're all, they're all concerns, but where I have him, I'm, I'm starting him. Um, The ceiling, the ceiling is too high. There is no ceiling. Baker Mayfield has been good. He's been above, I think above 20 points the last few games. Almost scored 30 last week. Almost scored 30. Yeah. He's a solid play this week, but I'm not, I'm not going as far uh, as starting him over Lamar. I'm taking my I'm taking my lumps with Lamar with that rushing with that rushing floor and rushing ceiling, especially now with Keith. I mean, it might just as they're you know as they're desperate desperately trying to hang on to that number one seed, it could just be one of those games where Lamar takes off running all game long. I don't know. So, you getting skittish, Eric? You getting skittish over there like me? Yeah. So I I think your analysis is spot on, right? Like I mm-hmm. think this is a very difficult spot for Lamar Jackson. But I think the the outcome that you arrive because of it is 
is a little bit troublesome, right? A little uh, sus, I mean, a little Brock, sus, huh? Brock Purdy, if you want to, right? Like I've got Lamar Jackson at six and I've got Purdy at seven, right? Um, you know, Purdy is in a tough matchup in his own right and doesn't do quite as much with his legs, to say the least. Um, you know, I mean, you're you're definitely like you're going for style points if you're starting Baker Mayfield <laughs> over Lamar Jackson this week. I, I think what uh, we potentially see both in the context of this this Baltimore offense, but also in the context of kind of the counterpunch to this incredible edge pressure from San Francisco, is you just run it up the middle, right? Like go like run away from where the pressure's coming and there's gonna yeah, be lanes there. Point. And there were there were plenty of times where um, you know, we not only saw it in the play calling and how the plays unfold, but also, you know, plenty of com- commentary, plenty of uh, statements in uh, press conferences and, and after practices where Lamar Jackson really wants to save his legs for those moments where the team need it, needs it the most. Arguably, this is that point, right? So, I mean, it's it's a little bit down narrative street, but, you know, nonetheless, while while he's much lower than I typically have him, I mean, I've, I've still got him well inside the top 10, and I'm, I'm likely firing him up where I have him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Let's go ahead. Let's get to the good people's questions in from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do. Here in between, we got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. Shout out the Fantasy Football Advice Network. And guys, we are like real picky with who we bring on as a sponsor during the fantasy football season. We don't want to push stuff down your throat when it's not a good product. This is a product that my team and I, we very, very, very much believe in. The platform, the creators behind it, the community they're building over there. And this is, if you haven't been over to it yet, check them out at fantasyfootballadvice.com. This is the fantasy football community where creators and players can support each other. It combines apps like Patreon, Discord, Facebook, Instagram, So there's so much you can do if you're a newer creator in the space and you're trying to find a way to monetize your content. Well, you can do it over there. If you're just trying to find a way where you get fantasy football advice and questions answered quickly, you can do this over there. So check them out at fantasyfootballadvice.com. You will not regret it. It is free to join. Um, And let's go ahead. Let's get to uh, some of the questions in the chat before we pull up the, the question we have from over there at the forum. And first one here in the chat tonight, I believe it was from our guy, Kenny Staytrail. What's up, Kenny? Thanks for joining us, man. Pick one RB, two wide receivers, and two flex, full PPR, Super Bowl week for me. Okay, do or die for him, Eric. Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, Devin Singletary, Joe Mixon, Cooper Cup, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Zay Flowers. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. So he's got a... He's got a good team. He's got a good team. Uh, do you put your money where your mouth is, Eric? Last week, you said you were potentially thinking about benching Austin Eckler here in week number 16. Are you doing it here with Kenny Statrill? I don't think that I am. Uh, this is an embarrassment of riches. Um, <laughs> so for me, I'm going to go with Cup and Higgins at the wide receiver spot. Actually, I'll go Cup and Ayuk. They're right next to each other, but I, I need to I need to adjust my rankings there. Um, then looking at the running back position, I mean, he's almost got him in exact order. I would I would go Eckler and Bijan here. Um, I'm I'm right there with Scott's takes earlier that I, I think Bijan does get more opportunity and does a lot with it. 
um, you know, the the concern for for Eckler that I stated a, a week or so ago was uh, was more of a macro point overall, right? I think in this matchup in particular, um, you know, I, I think we can see him specifically catch a lot of balls out of the backfield in a game where they are slated to be trailing by a ton. So I like that volume here. Um, and that leaves me with one spot to go. Let's go with uh, let's go with Mixon in that last spot. Okay, okay, Mixon there for you. Any digression from you here, Scott? I think I would definitely go Bijan and Cup and Ayuk in my wide receivers. I think I'm probably Higgins in the one flex, um, and then probably Singletary. I think Flowers is probably my only guy left on the outside here. Uh, are are you with me there? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if I'm looking at it, so pick one RB, I'm picking Bijan. That's my RB. So that's done. Two wide receivers cup definitely is the first. Um, and I'm right there with Eric. It is almost a dead heat between Ayuk and Higgins. They both have not great matchups. Um, so, you know, I'm probably just going to go as, as good, as good as my boy, Jake Browning's been, I'm just going to go with the better offense. So I'd go with Ayuk as my second, my second wide receiver. Um, the two flexes. Hmm. Oh, I didn't I really see Mixon in there. I, I don't I really want to start Eckler this week. I think I, just, I don't, I don't want to start him. Like that that offense is I mean, it might bite me in the ass, but like it's broken. That whole team is broken. Um, you know, I mean, it was it, that game was that game was crazy. It was like, yes, you know, the Raiders DST was a good play with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen out. But you you know, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen don't play defense for the Chargers, yeah. and they gave up 63 points to the friggin' Raiders. So I just I don't know if I I don't know if I want to be starting Eckler. I might go Singletary and Mixon after that. Yeah, I'm I, I might as well. I I I, I definitely misread this at first. I, I mixed over uh, or missed over Mixon there. So yeah, I well, think Singletary I would... is the guy right now. I mean, sorry to say it, Eric, but Damian Pierce is not. He he's a thing of the past at this point. I've, with the, with the I've already I've already I've already issued my apology. And <laughs> I know my I know I just. I, I, we haven't well, potted together that often, but I know one time we definitely talked about Pierce and yeah. Cam Akers and Rashad White and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Specifically in the context of Pierce or, or Rashad White, which couldn't have yeah. had two more so, differing uh, finishes to the season, right? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I told people Brock Purdy would never be a thing in fantasy, so we all, we yeah, all have I, him. Um, but Singletary, I mean, he had like almost he had 30 touches last week, so... Um, and I mean, Mixon, hate on him if you, you know, hate on him if you want, but he's, I don't know, he scored a touchdown in like, it seems like four or five straight games and he's still, Chase Brown's getting some play and Chase Brown has had some big explosive plays, but Mixon is still the guy. I mean, Pittsburgh's not a great matchup, but he's still the guy. So I think Eckler's, he's on my bench in this situation. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. And like, no CJ Stroud, we're already in confirmation, probably no CJ Stroud this weekend. Is that so confirmed? I, that's we not confirmed. He's not expected to play. Is not the report. Ex- I, I just saw yesterday he was improving, but still showing symptoms. But. Yeah, Adam Schefter yeah. just had something come out okay. maybe a half hour before we got on the show. Um, so not expecting CJ Stroud. So single tear. You can't sit a guy who could get up to thirty touches. I know we had that one fucking crazy week where he didn't get barely anything, but he's the guy now, and I think they're going to use him. So. Um, yeah, great question, Kenny. We hope we helped you out, man. Let's get to some questions here from our guy, Dylan, uh, gracefully waiting in the chat. First league forum, full PPR, Flacco, Stroud, likely not going to play, or Mullins or DeVito at the quarterback position here. It, it's Flacco for me at the quarterback position. Do you guys have any digression? Houston, they're banged up at kind of all around. 
Derek Stingley and that and those boys are playing great in in that uh, in that secondary. Eric, so do you have any problem targeting Joe Flacco? I just think he's the safest here among all these quarterbacks, which is kind of crazy to say. Even though last week I was on that Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets hype train. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say Flacco is the safest, but he is the the way that I would go here, right? Um, actually, quite to the contrary, it seems like he's uh, he's pretty happy uncorking it, and he's got he's got you know a, enough skill position guys around him that can haul it in and, and make a big play, right? And against a hobbled Texans defense, I I like the entirety of this uh, of this she of this Cleveland offense, I should say. So I'd, I'll go with Flacco of the of these quarterbacks. And then also Dylan wanted to know, Scott, should he start two running backs, one flex, Joe Mixon, James Cook, Tony Pollard, Jaden Reed, Isaiah Likely. How are you feeling about that group? You need two running backs, one flex. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going mix, I'm going with the running backs. All three yeah, running backs? Mixon, Cook, and Pollard. I, I didn't I haven't checked today, but Jaden Reed, I thought he got hurt. Did he get hurt? I think he bounced out of that game, but I don't think he's on the injury report right now. Okay. As, as far as um, I mean. for uh, for reasons that you brought up earlier, Seth, I'm staying away from Isaiah Likely against San Francisco. They've been brutal against yep. tight ends, uh, yeah. except except for Trey McBride. Um, and you know, Jaden Reed, I might consider if he's healthy, but you know, I mean, Pollard's been a little bit disappointing, but I still think I still think that the first three guys are kind of just in a different tier than. Than Jaden Reed and likely, yeah, Jaden Reed has been for a, sure. Jaden Reed's been an absolute time. stud, but it's hard to get away from any of these guys who I still value them all as running back ones here in week number sixteen. So I am with you there. Uh, last question here for him, Eric, and then I know you have to scoot over to green screens as well. Um, but we, we need Broncos D against New England or Green Bay against Carolina. How are we feeling here for Dylan in a semifinal matchup? Broncos by a thousand miles. I mean, maybe not a thousand miles, but they are getting Kareem Jackson back. They are the more talented defense. Kareem Jackson can be out there to concuss another player and get ejected. So at least it'll be uh, entertaining or interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm... yeah, I mean, look, this this New England offense is uh, is stuck in the mud to put it to put it gently, right? So uh, should be able to to minimize scoring and obviously uh, Zappy or whoever else they trot out there over the course of this game. Uh, has been known to make a, a couple boneheaded throws, and those turnovers are key. Well, in the Packers, I mean, I'm I'm neck deep in DST stuff for Rotoballer. Uh, I mean, the Packers have had multiple positive matchups for DSTs, you know, over the last handful of games, and they're just they're not a good. They're not. A, I'm not really speaking to their NFL defense. They're not a good yeah, fantasy defense. Just, Joe, just even, Joe even Barry's even a garbage Carolina. coordinator. Joe Barry yeah, is a Barry garbage was. coordinator. They have a lot of talent over there, but don't get mixed up with them here this week, Dylan. Eric, uh, we know you have Green Screens Media. Check him out over there on YouTube at Get Green Screens. Am I right on that handle, Eric? Uh, green Screens Media on YouTube. Get Green okay. Screens on Twitter. Okay. Go check him out. He's got a lot of good college basketball content coming out. Eric, thanks for joining us. We're going to keep hitting these questions and round out the show, but appreciate your contributions, my friend. Thank you. Have a day, boys. All right. Thank you, man. All right. All right. We're back in the saddle here, Scott. Another question from our guy, Dylan. In his second league, full PPR, Stroud, if he plays, probably not going to play. Fields versus Arizona. Lock in Fields versus Arizona. I don't think we really need to touch too no. much on, on that one there. 
Um, and then start one running back, two wide receiver, one flex form. James Connor at Chicago, Ford at Houston, Devin Singletary at Cleveland, Brandon Ayuk versus Baltimore, Jalen Waddle versus Dallas, or Jaden Reed at Carolina. Love Jaden Reed love over there from our guy Dylan. He's got some pretty good lineups here. How does this one shake out for you, Scott? Uh, two wide receivers, Ayuk and Waddle. You can't, even if Hill's back, you can't sit yep. Waddle after what he just did. Yep. Um, so those are the two wide receivers. The one running back, um, it gets a little bit tricky there. Um, I think I still, I think I still have to go Connor. Um, I mean, it's it's the Chicago Bears are not an easy matchup, you know, really for any fantasy position lately. Um, but I'm still probably going Connor just because he's going to get the volume as my running back. Um, and then the flex. Um, oh wait, I didn't see. That Devin Singletary? Yeah, I'm going oh, no, Singletary. I'd take him as my first running back. I would too. Um, and then the would flex too. would come down to. Uh, I probably go Jaden Reed here. I probably go Jaden Reed. Honestly, I if he's healthy, I probably would too. Because I don't know, I don't know if Christian Watson's going to play. I don't know if it really matters. Um, Reed's, you know, he's kind of been their target hog, and he's been getting the Debo Samuel treatment a little bit too, getting some rushing touchdowns, three or four carries a game. Um, so yeah, I think I agree. Yeah. Keep an eye on what the weather is going to be there in Carolina. Like if there is some poor weather again, I know the East coast doesn't have the best weather looking uh, for Sunday and Monday here, Dylan. But other than that, I, I think you should be safe there with Jane Reed in your flex, but I'm hundred percent with Scott. It's Singletary in that running back slot. And then Brian Ayuk, Waddle are locks and then fire up Reed in your flex, but great lineup. Last question here from Dylan. Uh, he needs one tight end, one defense, Tucker craft at Carolina, cool Komet versus Arizona, Hunter Henry at Denver Broncos. And then he needs a defense Broncos defense or bills. I'm taking Bill's defense against the Chargers. I know a lot of times these teams come out, they come inspired. I just don't trust this offensive line. I don't trust Easton Stick here. I think the Bills are playing very inspired football. They just shut down the number one scoring offense in the league last week. So I'm going Bill's defense. I'm probably going Cole Komet here, right? Cole Komet. That's tough. Um, I love Tucker Craft. He was my in the scope last week. He's come well, I through. I love Tucker Craft too. And I mean, honestly, Denver is. I haven't crunched the numbers from Week 15 yet, but they are. They have been one of the better matchups for tight ends all year long. Um, so, and Hunter Henry has been involved lately. So this this isn't as easy as it seems. Um, Arizona actually hasn't been the greatest matchup, but I think just based on, you know, how we kind of anticipate Justin Fields having a really good day. Um, that Komet's probably the most likely to see a high volume out of these. The, the other two, you know, you hope so, but it's a risk. Yeah. With Komet, I think he's, you know, after DJ Moore, I think he's he's the next target. So um, I'm going Komet. Okay. All and right. I'm also going, the way I have the top three DST rankings this week is Bills. They're my, they're my top DST. Um, Bears are my second. Bears are hot and fuego. Montez Sweat, baby. So a couple Bears and Broncos, a couple teams you would have never considered playing their DST the first half of the season. They're with their matchups and the way they've been playing. Bears have averaged last four games, the Bears have averaged three interceptions per game. <laughs> four games. That's nuts. It's been yeah. a totally different defense. I've been fading the quarterback against Montez them for Sweat a couple has weeks. Made a now. Huge difference in Chicago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, man. And I love what the Bills are putting out on tape right now as well. So um like to see that. Didi weighing in on Die Hard saying it is a Christmas movie. So a little love there for you. A little love there for you, Scott. Um, here's our guy, Jelly of the Month. What's up, Jelly? Hope you're having a good week, my friend. Need a QB. Can't play Howe versus the Jets. Yeah, I apologize. I thought Sam Howe was the guy. I got caught up in the moment. Um, I'm dropping him in all the leagues I have him. I also have Baker Mayfield in almost all those Wait, leagues. So Answer this. Who is starting for the Commanders this week? It is Sam Howe right now on the record is what Ron Rivera said after the game. However... I don't want to play him against the Jets this week or the 49ers next no, week. So. I, thought it, I thought they were moving to Brissett, but then I saw a zero projection for Brissett. So I'm just staying away from that completely. Yep. Yep. I, it, it, you're playing stay away. Uh, how would you rank Love versus Carolina, Baker versus Jacksonville, Mullins versus Detroit? I like Baker the best against yeah. Jacksonville. He, Me I mean, on a different level right now is the best Baker Mayfield we've seen him play in a very long time. I wrote a little bit more about him on our site a couple weeks ago. Um, but I am very, very interested in Baker Mayfield here. The Jacksonville defense outside of Monday night, which I think was just a off night for the Ravens. They've been toast. And Carolina, Scott, like for whatever reason, they're pretty good, a tough matchup for quarterbacks still. Like it's not a bad passing defense. So no, based on based on my adjusted points rankings, coming in again, I haven't crunched yet. So going leading into week 15, Carolina is the second toughest matchup for quarterbacks on the season. Um, the Jaguars are the second easiest. So this is Baker easily. And then we got a question from Tootsie Pop also involving Baker Mayfield, Kyler or Baker this week. Uh, how, how would you put, put him up here against Kyler Murray? I'm not really interested in Kyler Murray against Chicago. We kind of yeah. talked about this. Chicago's a great defense. Baker by a mile. Baker by a mile for me. Yeah, Kyler. Yeah. At you know in Chicago against that defense right now, and but, I mean Kyler has not been playing well mm-hmm. um, since he came back. He's you know he scored a few rushing touchdowns, was which has bolstered a few of his fantasy days. Um, but you know I was I'm one of those guys who threw in my IR slot earlier in the season and felt so damn smart yeah. about it, and yep. it hasn't really it hasn't really worked <laughs> out that well. So I like I like Baker against the Jags. Uh, and just to kind of close this door as well, we didn't really rank him for him, but it it, it would be. Baker love Mullins pretty easily for me. I don't yeah, I mean hate- Detroit Detroit's also a really good matchup for quarterbacks, but yeah. I mean Mullins, you know, he ended up with a decent fantasy day last last week, but like But it wasn't pretty. You know, the 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 if I'm going to choose between Love and Mullins, which one could end up with two fantasy points? Easily a higher probability it's Mullins. Yeah, Jordan Love's got that floor for sure. Uh, PPR need wide receiver three since probably no Jamar chase or Pittman. Keep an eye on Pittman. Cause, cause we're hearing that he's feeling a lot better. Uh, Shane Steichen was on Pat McAfee earlier today, jelly of the month and saying he was feeling good. So, you know, keep that in mind here. Noah Brown or JSN though, in, in the probability that he does not play. How do you feel about it? Scott, it's really hard to sit Noah Brown, even if CJ Stroud's out when he's getting a 30 plus percent target share, like he did this last week, like that is starting caliber production. It's hard to to sit him. Although Jackson Smith and the Jigba starting to come into his own as well. We saw it on Monday night football. Wins that, uh, wins that jump ball at the end when uh, drew lock says, Hey, go deep. I'm going to throw you the pill. If you're, you if you're open. Lock, that was a dime. He threw to JSN. 
for the I, game winner. That I love the interview too. I love what he said afterwards, how, how candid he was about it all, man. It, yeah. I mean, you have to love that as a fucking Seahawks fan. Like that's your backup quarterback. I'm seeing more heart out of him than any of the three quarterbacks on my Steelers team this year. So I, I fucking love it, man. No, but, I love what I've, and I've loved what I've, I've mentioned his name a few times, but I've loved what I've seen out of Jake Browning. Did you see that footage of like, Oh yeah. Why Don't, you shouldn't have cut me. Yeah. Dude, oh yeah. That was, that was fantastic. Um, as far as this question goes, it's pretty close for me. Um, JSN has the, he, he definitely has the better matchup against yes, the does. Titans versus Brown against the, against the um, Browns. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, Noah Brown, if there's no Nico Collins, you know, and Tank Dell's obviously he's, he's on IR. So he, he'll likely see more volume and see more targets than JSN. Um, so I would say I lean Noah Brown because of that. Okay. The only, I am with you. And the only thing I'm a little, little hesitant at with Noah Brown, I'm still playing Noah Brown over JSN, but my confidence level is just a little bit lower considering he's not a great receiver against man coverage. What does Jim Schwartz in this Browns defense love to do? Run man coverage out the ass. The win rate for Noah Brown versus man coverage this season, 27.7% of the time he's winning his route. That's 94th among wide receivers. So that's the only thing holding me back, but you can't go against the volume. It's the same thing with Devin Singletary. If Nico Collins is back, Scott, does that change anything? Would you maybe go JSN then? Because I think that might, might shift me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, if Nico Collins ground. is back, I would go JSN. Okay, I'm with you there. So consensus there. If Collins is back, we're going JSN. If not, it's Noah Brown here. But just be aware, he doesn't win a lot against man coverage. So it could be a little bit a little bit of an issue there. Um, and then let's talk about our question from the forum here quickly, Scott, to round us out. And it's none other than from our guy over there, Texas Trojan. What is Jake Browning's dynasty trade value he has right now on the shopping block? He could get a second round pick for 2025 for Jake Browning. How do you feel about this? The guy Gatorade player of the year, junior and senior year of high school. We'd love to hear that out of him. You, you know, him probably better than anyone going to, you know, going to your Washington Huskies. However, only kind of had that one like really year that he really popped in 2016, six in the Heisman that year. And was kind of just very, very mid since kind of bounced around the league was with the Vikings ends up with the Cincinnati Bengals. No Jamar Chase. though. some tough matchups coming up for him and he is 28 or he's going to be 28 before next season. So it's hard to think that a franchise, despite what he's doing right now, would build around him. So I'm ready to move. If I get value in a dynasty league, unless I need him right now, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, Knowing what we know now, which is not a lot about next year. I mean, we were talking about this. I can't remember. Maybe it was before we went live, but just this has been the year of the backup QB. There's so many backup QBs, which has been nice for people that have been struggling in Superflex formats to be able to, you know, get mm -hmm. a starter with a pulse mm -hmm. later in the season. Um, but I, you know, just trying to forecast, because obviously when Joe Burrow's back, he's the quarterback of the Bengals. Jake Browning's not taking Joe Burrow's job. Um, so you would have to think about him potentially being traded somewhere else. And I do think he's probably a better quarterback than some of the other starters in the league right now. But, you know, once all these starters come back healthy, you know, I haven't really sat down and looked at it. Like, what is the what is a what is a probable, you know, range of outcomes for where, where Jake Browning is playing next year and beyond? You brought up his age. That's true. They probably it's probably not going to be somebody, you know, you know, deciding yeah, instead of drafting a rookie, let's get Jake Browning. Probably not going to be mm -hmm. that scenario. But 28 is not that old for a quarterback. So I could see him being some sort of a stopgap or bridge quarterback for somebody. Um, 
you know, maybe if the maybe if the Seahawks want to move on from Geno Smith, <laughs> aren't ready to draft a QB yet, they they can take him. But I, long story short, I would rather be on the second round pick side of that trade. Oh wait, yes, we didn't see that. We didn't see that. Did we see that yet? Did we see that uh, part yet? I didn't bring it up yet, but uh, but but yeah, that that was basically There's the trade. 20, 20, 2025 second on the block for Jake yes. Browning. I would I would take the pick. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And like, it's kind of just good practice sometimes if you get these overperforming backup quarterbacks. Like, Joshua Dobbs was going for second and third round picks earlier this season. And I had a chance to trade him and I did it. And I feel, damn it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and so, like, I that's just, the that's the thing with Jake Browning here, too. Like, let's not forget he's in a great scheme. Zach Taylor's a great offensive minded head coach. He's got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, he's throwing the ball to. So, even if he is, a bridge quarterback somewhere. Could we get him in Pittsburgh? I wouldn't mind him in Pittsburgh, but uh, like outside of that possibility, th- th- there's just not as much of a ceiling for him elsewhere. So keep that in mind with these veteran, uh, these veteran dynasty assets as we move forward. And Scott, let's go ahead. Let's look a little more into dynasty, something we don't do a ton on this show. We're a little bit more redraft focused, but let's do it here in this week's edition of In the Scope. <laughs> in the scope all right in the scope is usually our way of getting a week ahead of the waiver wire so this is where we after waivers run we talk about the free agent fines that you can get but this week there really aren't those type of players um just because like we have one week left. So if you want to go out there, you're kind of spending your fab. We're going to put on the bottom ticker here, our main redraft waiver wire targets. A lot of guys we've talked about on the show already, Baker Mayfield, Jake Browning, Joe Flacco at the quarterback position. Consider going after them. If you need some help at that position at the running backs, guys, we've talked about in recent weeks who are still out there. Majority of ESPN leagues, Jared McKinning, Clyde Edwards, will there. Ty Chandler, Zamir White. These are some guys who could change things for you a little bit down the stretch. Noah Brown, Zay Jones. We won't go through the rest of them. Um, but but Scott, we want to talk about some dynasty stashes because this is a time as a manager in dynasty leagues. I'm sitting around and I'm looking for guys that I can add to the end of my bench, especially in a rebuilding scenario that don't have any value right now, but could by the time August rolls around be that next hot commodity. So I'm going to throw it over to you first, man. Who is someone you're looking out for? And just if they're out there available in your free agency, you're going to add them to your team as we head into the new year. So mine, this is a receiver, um, rookie wide receiver who I liked. You know, there wasn't a lot of um, hoopla that he was going to make much of an impact in 2023, but it's uh, Tyler Scott for the Chicago Bears. Um, You know, just kind of an under the radar guy. He hasn't really gotten a lot of run this year. Um, he was a guy I was first turned on to by JJ Zacharyson with his prospect guide. He, he, his prospect, his prospect model really liked Tyler Scott compared to kind of the consensus. So that's what caught my attention. Um, and I mean, Darnell Mooney, he's, I, I, I didn't look it up. I don't, I don't think they, uh, they chose to honor his fifth year option and he's an, he's a, he's a free agent after this year. Yep. Um, and I don't think he stays in Chicago. So I think, you know, DJ Moore, I think Tyler Scott has, he has the talent and, you know, he had fairly decent draft capital, pretty good, pretty good college profile um, to slide in there as their wide receiver too, starting next year. He's only 44, 44% rostered uh, on sleeper. So he's, he's one of those guys. He's not going to do anything for you right now, 
But if he's available and you have the roster space, he's a guy I would be stashing wherever I could. Yeah, I've seen him on the waiver wires. I've seen other guys like Kayshawn Butte kind of in this range. Like It's just these guys who have not shown much in their rookie year. And if you haven't shown us much in your rookie year, like there are, are some downsides to that. There are definitely some predicting measures that say, hey, you might not not ever uh, jump up. But hey, we, we saw it after years from Nico Collins. You know, it took him a couple years to go, get going. A lot of these guys we're kind of seeing in the league. It does take some time. Jacoby Myers, Deontay Johnson, like it's not always, you know, right, right away. There, Yeah, yeah. It's not always right away you're going to see it. So yeah, I don't mind rostering Tyler Scott here into the offseason, especially like let's hang around. Let's see what happens. Do they build around Justin Fields? Do they go after a rookie quarterback? These are all questions that could affect Tyler Scott's value. So I don't mind the call at all there. And I will round us out for the evening with my call of none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler Snoop Huntley. He's available right now in about 75% of Dynasty Leagues over on Sleeper. Uh, just 25 years old, going to be also an unrestricted free agent after this season. And look, man, Snoop Huntley has been pretty solid in his career. 65.5% completion percentage, two comebacks, two game-winning drives, and eight starts. That kind of makes him advantageous to other teams who might be interested in him. And he's also that low-key, dual-threat Konami code uh, quarterback. He's averaged over 46.1 rushing yards per game in his nine NFL starts. That includes his start against the Bengals last postseason, Scott. And right now, the only quarterbacks averaging more rushing yards than that this season, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. So I think he's another guy. Do the Falcons call him up this offseason? Hey, we, we need someone to bridge the gap here. Do the Steelers, do one of these other teams that go after a rookie quarterback need a bridge uh, to, to kind of learn under him? I don't mind Snoop Huntley at all. I, I liked him last year to maybe be on the move. The Ravens obviously retain him as a restricted free agent. Well, now he's unrestricted. Could he be a guy that makes an impact? I'm not totally sure, but I, I'm taking the chance. I'm adding to anywhere I can, especially in specifically in those super flex formats, Scott. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's as far as a potential quarterbacks out there. Um, he's a great option for, for this, for this strategy, which it's, you know, it's dart throws. Um, I mean, you have dart throws and redraft where you're drafting rookies and then wait a little, probably, probably don't wait a long enough and drop them. But in, in dynasty, you know, there's not, there's nothing wrong. As long as you have the roster space, don't drop somebody that's more valuable mm -hmm. than Tyler Huntley. Um, you know, but you know, somebody like Daryl Henderson, you know, I had him for a while and it's like, then he got had one good game and then got waived by the Rams. I don't need to be holding on to Daryl Henderson anymore. You know, somebody like that where I can I can pick up I can pick up somebody like Huntley or Tyler Scott. It's it's the it's the sure thing sleeper Tyler edition tonight. It's, it's been great to have you back on the mic with us. It was great to have Eric earlier on the mm -hmm. show with us as well. And Kyle, we always appreciate your presence in the back end. Thank you to the IBT family who continues to make this dream come true, continues to help us build this media company. Uh, if you want to check out more content from Scott and I, you can do it over on the website inbetweenmedia.com or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Come back and hang out with us again. It's the easiest way to support us. So like this video, subscribe to the channel if you guys haven't already. And uh, hey, I hope everyone has a great week number 16. Scott, how many semifinals you got ripping this week? Uh, four. 
Four. All right. Well, hopefully you go four for four, my friend. And we're uh, sitting here talking about a couple championships you uh, acquire in the future. Good luck to the IBT family out there. And uh, hey, we'll catch you guys on Friday. Until then, you know what to do. Keep it in between. Thanks. 